SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. On the viewpoint. Good evening, everybody. It's 2105. This is something quite unprecedented here on the viewpoint. We're trying it out, but I envisage that it shall work. Why? Because I was quite and genuinely so captivated by the calls and contributions of one Mr. Mike Clark, who's a commercial property broker in Cape Town of Pears Property Group, together with Mr. Gift Gialibucha Mukhapi, also known as. KGM, who is the founder of Corporate Icons Media. The two of them, in having a conversation last week with our anchor guest in Mr. Michael Bagram, had some fascinating responses to the increase in unemployment in South Africa, blaming it on a host of issues, contributing it to a host of issues, seeing opportunity because of a range of issues. And because of that, I thought it was most appropriate, if not fitting, that some of our most loyal listeners in Mike, who he and I often spar on air, which is great because we test each other's views, as well as KGM, who's got insights that I would never have. Let me now have them in engaging this particular point or question the entrepreneurship landscape in south africa in a highly competitive market small to medium businesses have their own challenges much like any business there are plenty of reasons why small businesses either fail or underperform primarily due to lack of business skills inadequate access to market non-compliance unsuccessful marketing initiatives mismanagement of funds lack of funding the list goes on That's on the one hand. On the other, small business owners have seen a lot of success in this country, and one of them is going to be my co-presenter, Mr. Tebukho Mafuri, who's now for the fourth time my guest. And I thought his insights and his experience in also having businesses in the UK as well as the United States would be really useful, not so much as to have Songhez or sit here and moderate a discussion pretending to be an entrepreneur or somebody who understands some of those nuances in the environment. Tebukho has those nuanced experiences, insights, and perspectives. And I would assist, rather I would request, and I have requested, and to which he has agreed, his assistance in engaging the perspectives of a Mike Clark and KGM for the purposes of really talking entrepreneurship. Of course, it's Wednesday. It's hashtag business on Wednesday. So my guests, KGM, Mike Clark, are on the line. Mike Clark, good evening. Are you there? I am indeed. Good evening. Can you hear me? Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate that. KGM, are you there? Yes, uh, good evening, Songa. So good evening to the co-panelists and to the listeners. Philanthropic entrepreneur, founder and chairman of RRA, Regaining and Restoring Africa. That is the title that KGM prefers to go by. So now that my guests are there, Tebukho, you are here in studio. Good evening to you. Good evening to you. And of course, she has not left us, Tumi Mameza, who is the director of Sunfield. Tebukho, let's just engage, and I'm going to just sort of set the scene. Mike, you have your perspective, and I'm just going to give you two to three minutes to talk about what you understand by this open-ended entrepreneurship landscape in South Africa. Mike, you go first, and then I'm going to give you gift an opportunity to respond to that. Give us your perspectives on the entrepreneurship landscape in South Africa. And perhaps if you can, contextualize it into this investment summit that President Ramaphosa is on about. Mike, you first. Yes, sir. Thanks so much. And uh, hi, KGM. Yes, it's wonderful to chat to you guys and hear you often. 
Um, yeah, I, I am. Uh, in, in, yeah, I think I think when you start off with the entrepreneur, it's it's a very scary world, but it's a world that um, has to be understood from the perspective that if the person that's going to go into business does not have the backing and support of the government of the day, then he's not going to do well. Uh, to start a business these days, and certainly, I don't think it's changed when I started off as a driver in the business that I eventually bought, um, has changed very much. But as long as there's progress in the market, as long as the government of the day is supporting you, and most importantly, which I did not have, was the support of the unions, uh, to understand and appreciate the fact that at the end of the day, the entrepreneur is the guy that's driving the business. And without the entrepreneur, we don't, the workers, the people that join your business as the employees are not going to um, uh, have any work in the first place because somebody's got to start the business. Uh, That, to my mind, is where we need to be concentrating. I suppose what I'm really saying is that I have the absolute and utmost respect for anybody that starts a business. And that person is not getting the support from the government and certainly not from the unions. And the one reason that I eventually, after 35, 40 years, got out of it was that it became too much of a battle. I had the staff on my side. I had one of the two unions that were involved in my business on my side. But the uh, stress and strain of trying to stay on top of the unions and at the same time keep the customers satisfied because at the end of the day, the customer is really not interested in your problems. And I think what also frustrated me greatly was that I was sent to America for a uh, franchise that we eventually were awarded here in South Africa, where I had to train for six months. And what I found absolutely amazing uh, at the organization that I worked for in uh, Los Angeles, uh, uh, sorry, in San Francisco, uh, where the head office was, was that the union uh, actually had an office on the same floor as the founder of the business. And the union's job was to look after the welfare of the workers and to ensure that the business succeeded. It was not in the interest of the union uh, leader who sat in the office next to the boss to make sure that the business went down. The drain, he was there to make sure that the people that paid the union dues were looked after in terms of being paid on time, that their safe health and safety was carried out correctly within the factory, and most importantly, that the company itself succeeded. That way his members would stay employed and the union dues would be paid. I found when I came back to South Africa and and eventually took over the business, and the constant battle I had uh, was the union saw me as the enemy. They saw me as the exploiter. They saw me as, um, as somebody who was there to exploit the poor. And they felt that they had to attack me on every front. And what also, I think, is our, was the bigger problem I had, and, 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 and I think that's where the politics came into the situation, Sangeti, is that it's in no interest of any employer to have unhappy employees because you're not going to get the productivity you need to make the business profitable and successful. So this constant battle with the union to, and the union employees was very debilitating, and at the end of the day, is not what unions should be doing. Uh, at the end of the day, we have to acknowledge the fact that any successful business will always need and have to have uh, employees that feel that they are part of the company, 
They are making a contribution. They are well paid and well looked after. It is of no benefit to have people that are working for you that are not happy and are feeling exploited and not part of the success of the business. And that essentially, sure. I think, is where we are in South Africa today. I appreciate that, Mike. Quick correction. Do you know what my name is? Sorry. Yes, I do. What is it? I'm no. sorry. I've got some guesses. Sorry. Thank you very, very much. Do you want to respond to this open-ended question, please? Entrepreneurship, landscape in South Africa, Mr. KGM. Thanks, Sondias. Uh, I'm not going to, to make that a mistake. I can hear you're a strict teacher today. Um, Sondias, there's a bit of a difference of understanding uh, what entrepreneurship means in South Africa, in the landscape of South Africa. Um, from a theoretical point of view, we've got a lot of people who are not in the game who are telling entrepreneurs how to run the business, and I think that's where the problem lies. And and entrepreneurs themselves are languishing somewhere at the bottom. They just have to come to conferences and seminars and so forth, and be told by politicians, uh, unionists that uh, Mike is referring to, and many other people who honestly do not actually play an important role of, of being practical with, with entrepreneurship. Now, you, you wanted us to also talk to the issue of, of what the president has been talking about with raising uh, the monies that they, they, they claim they are raising. And, and here, here's the point. This is not the first time. I'm sure you, we all know that as South Africa. Mm. The question is, would be, what happened to the first money that was raised? Did we have a report that says, we got so many billions and this is what we've done with it? Now, to answer your question as to how do we uh, harness the youth and, and, and their, their ideas to sustain our economy? It will not happen the way it's been happening for the past 25 years. Even, even before that, uh, Mike has done business way before I did business, even in, in the previous, uh, previous dispensation. And here's the difference in terms of, of what I think should be done and what I've been practicing for, for the past now three decades that I've been an entrepreneur. Mm. We we are not going to go anywhere if we are not going to be philanthropic in, in terms of what we do. If Mike is going to fight the union or KGM is going to fight the unions so that he can get the bulk of the, 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 the interest or the, the profits, then we're fighting a losing battle. The mistake that we made as a country was post-94. We should have said maybe policy-wise or just humanly so. We should not allow KGM to become a multi-billionaire at the expense of the poor and the hungry because we are just building a ticking bomb that today we see as what South Africa is becoming. But what we should have done is that with every business, small, as we, we call them, SMMEs, whatever the case might be, they should have all had one common goal, which is to build South Africa. And when you say you build South Africa, you don't build the economy that America will be proud of or Britain will be proud of when South Africans themselves are suffering. But you build the economy that South Africans will say, this economy is helping me. It's talking to my local socioeconomic conditions as a South African before it actually pleases Mike KGM, who's sitting in London or in New York. Now, last, lastly, just to, to give others a chance, mm. here, here, here's the grasp of what I think should be done. I established RRA, Reclaiming and Restoring Africa. This is a platform where I say, as South Africans, as Africans, for the first time, if it's going to be, let's take ownership of our local socioeconomic conditions. 
Let's not wait for a politician to tell us that the economy has to be run this way. When we know that the job of a politician is to talk and not to do, we as entrepreneurs, we have to make things happen. We don't have to wait for things to happen. Now, when you have an opportunity like RRA, where you say whether you are in a funeral uh, business or you are in a, in a, a hair business, whatever the case might be, if you need what I have as a philanthropy, I mean as a philanthropist, in a, a philanthropic entrepreneur, if you need a hundred thousand or a million that I have, let me partner with you. Let me incubate you. Let me not send you to a bank so that the bank can pay me money in the name of, which is where I differ with Mike, in the name of uh, um, franchises. By the way, I've, I've run my own group of franchise to understand what it actually means. You create this palliated monopoly where people become technical managers. You call them franchise owners. When you are the one who's actually just perpetuating this gap between the have and the have not. Now, only when we do that, Songhezo, where we do philanthropic business, we are going to be able to go to the deep rurals of Potts and Johns and be able to establish Amampondo City. And you will not have a politician saying, this is impossible because you are doing something that says the past was saying everybody must go to Gauteng or to Johannesburg. Round up. Now, if everybody is cluttered and, and on top of each other, let's pull this to the rest of the country so that people can be able to benefit from wherever they are in the, in the rest sure. of the country. Excellent. This is how it's going to happen from now on. When I'm done, Debo Fodi is going to moderate this discussion. And of course, I just want us to make sure we're on the same page. We are focusing on entrepreneurs in particular, guys like yourselves who see a need in a particular market or a gap in a particular market and go for it. The institutional support, the competition, the landscape itself, your, your unions, your, your, your competitors, as well as your customers. We're focusing on entrepreneurship. And of course, in that regard, I do have Ms. To me, Mameza, who's the director of Sunfield, we were talking about solar bags. Every now and then, Debo, please look to your left, right, and engage her as well in this conversation. But of course, we're going to focus on Mark. I mean, on Mike Clark, who's a commercial property broker at Pairs Property Group, together with KGM. His real full names being Kialibucha Gift Mohapi, who is regaining and restoring Africa's MD chairman, CEO, founder, entrepreneur, the works. Debucho, please take over. Um, yeah, no, I've I've heard you, gentlemen. I think you've you've raised some very valid points. Um, that Mike, you you've made mention as well. But right now, Mike, from what you've 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 uh, you've raised. Um, if I didn't know better, I think you you'd have a, I'd say you have a problem with government um, or somebody receiving government support. And my question to you is, what is wrong with government support or receiving government support? Because some of the companies that you see today that are standing, previously white-owned companies that are running and influencing uh, the economy of the country, were supported by the government once upon a time. And right now, these are some of the companies um, that today you're seeing are bashing on government as if they've not gained or benefited from government. A practical example, you look at uh, Pearson um, you know, Group um, today. When you look at it even from, from the team of staff, there, it's, it's a list of um, white faces. And some of the, even, um, you know, the company itself, it has even um, list out um, previously some of um, its properties uh, and even sold to, to government itself. So I would say uh, confidently so that, um, I mean, you've seen from the commercial value point of it. But uh, right now I'm offended as an 
and South African entrepreneur sitting in this chair listening to you saying you do not respect um, entrepreneurs that are receiving government support. Mike? Can I say? Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, look, I'm not quite sure I made my point correctly. I'm not sure that I have a problem with government support. Uh, I, I've actually made it my business not to be supported by the government, uh, simply because I don't really want to get involved in the government. Uh, this, I, I think, here's the thing. I want to just respond by saying this. When you're an entrepreneur, uh, you have an enormous amount of problems. And uh, there's no entrepreneurs who want to disagree with what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. You have money on the line, your own money. You generally have your house, if you're lucky enough to own one, that's bonded to the bank. And you are fully focused on making sure that at the end of the month you make a profit. You actually don't have time to sit around and say, well, hang on, I've got this social uh, uh, issue, like I've got, to be, I've got to worry about this guy, or there's, uh, 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 um, I'm not quite sure how to answer the question, but th- th- I suppose what I'm saying is that, guys, understand something. Being an entrepreneur is the scariest place in the world to be. And what I'm saying is not that I don't want government support. I want government to just support the entrepreneur. I don't want government business. But governments must understand that when when the entrepreneur goes bankrupt and the entrepreneur loses his house, no matter how good he was and looking after his staff, the government does not come around to you and say, you know what, that was a great try. Well done, uh, Mike. Here's some money uh, to make you feel better, or here's here's some money to help towards your accommodation under the bridge that you're going to be sleeping under that night. It doesn't happen that way. So one must understand that the, that an entrepreneur focuses on making sure he can make enough money to pay the wages, and making sure that he can pay the rent, and hopefully, hopefully, he's going to make a profit down the line. Uh, and all he wants from the government is to make sure that the government will come around and not. Um, and when I say government, I suppose what I'm saying is politics, is we'll protect him from unions that will come in, because very often that was the case in my case. I had three unions fighting in my factory, not worried about my staff, by the way. They were worried about their membership and how many members they were going to get. I want support from the government to say, let's look after Mike. And by the way, I also want governments to say, forget whether Mike's black or white. I think we've moved on from that. We're 24 years into the new uh, dispensation. I think it's got to be guys that are actually offering work and giving good, uh, give, giving work to people that is good work, and they are paying well for it and looking after the employees. I think that's all an entrepreneur wants. I think we've got to move on, uh, quite frankly, from this black and white uh, situation that the gentlemen's. We, we've got the we've got the new the freeborns out there now, and they are in business today, and they are just like anybody else. They want to their business to, to succeed. But, Mike, you, you're talking about moving on. In regards to moving on, we've got uh, political freedom that we have, but we still have economical, um, you know, training. We still have economical um, freedom that we still need to unlock. Hence, obviously, the purpose of transformation. So, obviously, right now, part of government playing a role, it's obviously introducing or bringing that transformation so that, obviously, um, there's a transition that takes place um, from the previously black owned, uh, from the previously white owned uh, onto the black hands in terms of management um, control um, and in terms of upskilling. Because right now, 70% obviously, um, or 72% of the land um, in this country, um, it's still within white hands. And right now, it's the very same population that makes up 9% of uh, the population in the country. 
Let me also add on to that. Before you do so, KGM, just give Mike a quick opportunity to respond to that, and then you can come in immediately after that response, please. Mike, very briefly, please. Yeah, Yeah, thanks again. Look, I don't know. You're asking me to be a politician now. I really don't know. I go into business. I happen to be white. It's true. Uh, But I compete against everybody else in the market, and eventually... Uh, let me explain what happened to me in many respects. I offered very good service and I had a lot of clients. I lost a few of those clients to companies that were black-owned. I don't have a problem with that, but their service was not as good as mine. But I lost the business to them because they were black. It, it makes it very different because I, I'm not, I, I, can't, I don't want to comment on the past because I, I have no control of it. All I know is as an entrepreneur, I work very hard and I'll try and give the best service. And I think the time has come in South Africa where entrepreneurs have got to be allowed to give the best service. And if there's transformation to be done and there's politics to be done, that must be done by the politicians. And then they must, uh, they must somehow deal with that. But when you start meddling with an entrepreneur who's got his house bonded to the bank and just wants to give the best service possible in today's market, I can't help what happened yesterday, but going forward in today's market, he needs the support of the government because he is employing people, he's offering employment, and he's doing a good job. And you never know, he might produce a product that we can export sure, Mike. and make even more with. Sure. Excellent. KGM? Yes. Uh, I, the, the challenge that we have with with uh, comments coming from Mike, and, and, and he represents quite a, a huge number of white business uh, people in South Africa, is this hypocrisy? Uh, of wanting to stand far away from the question that that your guest, I, I mean your your panelist is is asking, which Mike Mike is dodging. Uh, you 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 can't divorce the issue of politics to to the historical conjuncture of this country. Mike, you did business. I've been with you in Cape Town for a long time. You did business before before the new dispensation. You benefited from it. And the only way that we're going to to walk the path that you say we must walk is when you acknowledge that. And stop expecting government to, 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 to fall like mana from heaven with whatever that you're talking about. Do it, Mike. Come to KGM. KGM come to you. You acknowledge that you, you, your, your beneficiation, uh, and, I, and I want you, Songhezo, and, and the listeners to understand where Mike is coming from or where I'm understanding him to be coming from. Previously, the previous government was supportive to, to, to whites. We know that. It's a fact. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't require Mike to, to try and hide behind a finger. Now, if the South African government was able to support the black business, and this is not a political statement, Mike, I don't support politics at all, but if government was, was able to support a business, black business in particular, the same way that you as whites were supported, it will make sense like you are trying to make sense now. But for you as, as a white entrepreneur who has benefited and continue to benefit from the legacy of the past into the future, and you want to claim that you are, you are affected by the unions or whatever the dispensation is doing. And I'm not oblivious of the fact that things like corruption and so forth are rampant and are affecting us as entrepreneurs. The fact of the matter is this, Mike, and, and everybody that, that uh, believes in, in what you say, we, we cannot keep on shifting the blame. We need to look into the reality of the now. And the reality of the now cannot be looked at and dealt with without considering how we got here in the first place. And I think this is where this country went wrong, or we as the people of this country went wrong. Now, as a black entrepreneur, as a South African, I'm very patriotic to the point where I say that the only way of correcting this economy is to do 
strict business. And strict, clean business does not include politics. Now, when you say government, you're including us, me and you, Mike, and those who are not in business. Because we have this notion of thinking that when we say government, we're talking about politicians. You must be clear, like I am clear. For me, Songhez, answering your question, or, 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 or actually your, 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 your guest, the issue of us saying we don't, or personally, I don't want to have anything to do with government, in, in particular when, when it refers to, or it, it includes politicians, is because if you were to ask many of us entrepreneurs, and polit- I mean business people in particular, we, we are not willing, and some, if not most, are sick and tired of bribing in one way or the other, politicians who moonlight as overnight success stories because they can simply say, well, I'm not going to move your file if it's, it's about payment from file A to B until you agree, or I'm not going to approve this project if I'm an MMC or MEC or minister or whatever the case might be, until I have shares. If we were to do what Zuelin Zimavavi used to make a lot of noise about, that lifestyle audit, and we look at even including the president himself, and we look at how did they get to be where they are, and we're still dealing with the issue of entrepreneurs, you would see that some of them, they've got overnight success stories that do not make economic sense, and, and when you compare that with what then those who come behind them, looking at whether you're talking Cyril Ramaphosa or you're talking any other uh, overnight success story that we have in this country, you, you, you wonder if I have to spend 20-odd years to get where I am. Yeah, and this one got into politics five years and is already a billionaire. How, do we, how does that encourage entrepreneurs? Now, that is the problem that personally I have in making the economy to be fully, uh, 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 not only challenging, but also receptive to the ideas of entrepreneurs that are implemented to be able to sustain the economy. I hope that makes sense. No, it, it, it surely makes sense, um, KG. I mean, um, Mike did say that um, he's run businesses for over uh, two decades. You've mentioned that you've run businesses over three decades, and you've made mention of some of the problems that you are facing. But I think the one thing that we're shying away from is that oh, the current problem that the current entrepreneurs are facing. Uh, I mean, I'm sitting in studio with Dumi Mameza, uh, who's a young entrepreneur in this generation. She's got her own problems that um, she's struggling with and that are different from your problems um, KGM uh, because I mean you've had your own fair share of of, um, tasting uh, money and same goes um, for um, for Mike, who's had the opportunity of actually buying business, um, but Dumela, I, I know that you don't have the same privileges that um, some of the gentlemen that we have on the line um, in terms of buying businesses or tasting what they've tasted from an entrepreneurship point of view. What would you say are some of the challenges that you are experiencing, as particularly as a black and young female entrepreneur in this country? Um, as a uh, as a young black female entrepreneur. Um, the biggest challenge is funding, definitely. Um, also, trust. Trust, I mean, that big corporates should be able to do business, you know, with us without them thinking that we will fail, you know. If somebody has been in business for 20 years, you cannot compare them with me who's been in business. This is my second year. They've made their mistakes. Can we also be guided? Can we be, you know, assist us with funding, assist us with mentorship, and be guided. And can I not be, you know, pushed aside, you know, because there's a, there's a company out there that's 10 years old. Obviously, they're going to perform better than me. Can I not be pushed aside, you know, because I'm young? 
So, you know, we need more and more support. I have an amazing product that the government can use for school children in the rural areas as well as in the townships. I just need the support of government, of business, of corporate South Africa. On that point, sorry, Debuch, I beg your pardon for interrupting, and I'm sorry to spoil open, close quote your show. Mike, are you in a position typically in this landscape, notwithstanding the challenges that you have, but for the purposes of, if you like, making the circle bigger, engaging a Debuho who's not selling a product that is in competition with any of yours, but needs the kinds of skills that you have, if for nothing else, by simply having sat on the saddle for as long as you have. She's only been in the space for two years. Is there scope within your time, your exposure, your experience, your capital even, or network importantly, for a mentorship type program of an entrepreneur like Tumi? And before, as, as you answer that, Mike, one thing actually I'm um, interested that great minds think alike. I was actually coming to ask you a question um, to say one of the things that you mentioned early on is when you came into the country, you worked as a driver and all the way up until you bought a business that you were working into. Right now, Dumelo is making mention of capital being one of the key issues in you answering uh, Songez's question. I want you to maybe to almost try to guide her to say how can she go about raising the right kind of capital? or the right kind of money to actually grow her business? Uh, I guess it's tough. Uh, I think it very much depends on, on how and why you end up where you are. I'll be honest with you, I never, never anticipated owning my own business. Um, I, uh, I wasn't terribly bright at school. I didn't do particularly well. And uh, I really uh, struggled to find employment and ended up as a driver. Uh, and that's where it started. And I realized, well, I'm not going to make much money as a driver. So I just worked a little bit harder than the next driver. And then I got promoted to kind of like a depot manager and I became a manager and worked my way up the ranks. Um, so uh, frankly, finding capital wasn't really a problem because my uh, uh, only time I needed capital was when I bought the business. But by that time, um, I had kind of, I guess, proved myself to the other two directors and uh, and in my particular case, they were getting on a little bit and they needed to retire and uh, they basically sold the business to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant to say that I went around and raised capital and saw, had a great product. I didn't really. I just worked for a company which I have saw had great potential and where I made, uh, where I uh, hopefully made, well, I did make some money is when I turned the company around is when they left. Because I saw, I had a vision for the future which they could not see. And so, and that's an entrepreneur's skill, I think, because I tried to sell it to them, but they weren't interested. They were comfortable in where they were. So when they retired, I took the business, I turned it around, and I sold it to a listed company on the stock market in Johannesburg. And and so, yeah, that's that's the only way I can answer that question. I don't want to claim any particular skills, but uh, so yeah, I think that's obviously <laughs> the answer. Any okay. answer I can give you. Okay, KGM. I know that you've been raising uh, money. Um, you've recently, I mean, taking the Chinese um, to go visit Nyandeni from a point of raising capital. You've raised money in Botswana. I know that a couple of projects uh, before you even started the project that you're currently raising right now, from a seven trillion point of view. Uh, Dumelo doesn't need seven trillion. He doesn't need a, a million. I'm sure 100,000 or half a million could go a long way for her. So how can we simplify that raising capital for her so that give her a practical um, you know, exercise that when she leaves to studio, she knows definitely that tomorrow, where is she going, who is she calling, what is she doing, so that maybe 
by end of the year or even beginning of next year, we're able to give testimony that with what you've said, um, we've managed to, to see results with it. KGM. Thanks, thanks for the offer. I, I welcome that with open arms. In fact, she, she has to do something very easy. She, she can go onto the website www.rrasa.co.za. Or you, the, your producers can, can pass on yeah, my sure. numbers to her. We shall. But, but the, the, for, for the sake of somebody who's like her sitting at home, this is the reason why I established RRA. RRA is a platform for people like her who, who don't have the know-how who don't have the ability to raise capital or to be in business so that we use the skill, the knowledge, the ability, the contact, the connection, whatever you want to call it, the mentorship, and, and we shade. And that's the only way that we're going to be able to succeed, work together as a collective. So she can be the first on, on a product or project that we have as RRA that we accept. And let's come back in, 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 in three, uh, three or four or five or six months, depending on, on you guys, and let's see what she says. Uh, and I'll say this much. You've raised the issue that we, we're raising money. It's true. The president is raising money today. He was mentioning figures, at least for the, for the first time I'm hearing the president comfortable talking about trillion. Because when I started talking about trillion, people were laughing. But at least it's, we're getting somewhere as a country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have a lot of... To, uh, I mean, philanthropic entrepreneurs like myself, much bigger than me, outside the country, internationally. Uh, when we, 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 we do our own uh, uh, seminar, you will see some of them coming into the country. And here, here's what they are saying. They started like myself, Mike, and many others as entrepreneurs. And they've worked to the levels where they are. Now, they've made a lot of money, and they want to help the world with this money. Wrap but up the, Mike, problem is, the, the problem is they cannot give this money where government is involved. Now, as entrepreneurs, we, we don't need to be shy about this to raise our hands and say, we are not corrupt. We don't want to be corrupt. We are going to build cities like Amambonda City that we are building. We are going to build mines like, uh, uh, like we, we are doing in the Northern Cape. We're going to, to build funeral palace, get into all these entrepreneurial, I mean, in, in, entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial opportunities so that other people who are out there, who are hearing the rhetoric only from one side, they can actually come tangibly and say, well, I was groomed by Mike or a KGM or whatever the case might be from RRA, and I'm here, I'm able to tell testimony, not, not philosophically so, but practically Mike. so. Sorry, 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 Mike. Sorry, KG, I'm a big opponent, gentlemen. I have to obviously just make sure that we still keep to the traditions. It's now 2139. We're going to take the ad break. We're going to have two quick voice notes, and then we're going to take two calls in Mpo from Limpopo and Lindogutle in Richards Bay, okay. respectively. Before then, I give you, our guests, on the line an opportunity to wrap up the show with Debucho. Please stay tuned, everybody. Thanks so much. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Songhezomapete on the viewpoint. Hi, Songhezo. It's Bradley from Peter Maritzburg. I would like to get into touch with KGM because I'm very passionate about starting urban gardens that will provide food products for individual families and I want to actually take this up 
to a, to a stage where I could provide these gardens for individuals at little or no cost. Thank you. Next voice note, please. I think yes, it's Eddie uh, from Mobile Care Foundation in Ondal's Res. You know, I've been looking for someone who will instill sense in Mike's mind, and I found one, and that's KGM. I agree with what KGM is doing. Yeah, I mean, he's saying, you know, in this country, if we want to do away with the imbalances of the past, we need really to be sober and make sure that everybody in this country benefit in the resources of this country. This is our country. Let's all work together, you know? Um, we don't want what happened in the, in, in, in the, during the French Revolution, when you have the peasants, the bourgeoisies, uh, you know, those classes that were there. We need to build a balanced class in this country. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And Paul, you called late. You don't give yourself enough time. You've got literally, please, 30 seconds. <laughs> Good evening, Sergei. So I'm just going to be very brief. 30 seconds. On the basis of, on the basis of what uh, KGM has indicated, there's a project uh, in the Northern Cape, in Kakamas to be specific, uh, of uh, the equity scheme. I would like to perhaps uh, exchange uh, my contact details so that uh, we can take this uh, further. Because Excellent. Uh, the issue of this economy really needs all of us to work together. Beautiful. We appreciate that. We'll certainly have that available. Lindo Gutler, Richards Bay, you've got 30 seconds, please. Um, hi there. Thank you very much. Um, I think the catchword that we should all realize and appreciate is trust. Where there is trust, there is room for growth, investment, and everything else. KG spoke about apartheid and how they used to do it and how the government did it. The, the bottom line is the government used to enable the growth for people to do business and do everything else. Today, it's only for a limited few through the BE mm-hmm. score thing, but it benefits a, a few people, not everybody. Awesome. Lindogutle and Richards Bay, thank you very much. Final comments from you, Dumi Mameza. You've heard everything that has been said. You had an opportunity to say what you say. What are you looking for in 30 seconds? Where to from now for you? I'm looking for support. I'm looking for government support. I'm looking for business support in terms of clients um, approaching me, acquiring the backpacks and donating to um, whatever organization that they want to donate to, the school children that are in need, because this is an important product because of the light as well. How much are they going for? Um, They're going for 550. Excellent. Debucho, finally, in 30 seconds, please. Do you want to sum up this conversation? Yes. Um, South Africa has got um, amazing opportunities. And really, Africa is open for business. Let's not only look at doing business in Africa and South Africa. Let's look at doing business in the African continent and globally and look for partners that you can definitely make it uh, worth it. Wow. Final comments from you, Mike. Um, I think that South Africa has amazing opportunities, but right now we don't have them. I experienced those amazing opportunities when Nelson Mandela was president of our country, and that is when I got involved in business, and that is when I bought the business I was in, because our company, our country was growing, uh, the economy was growing, the, 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 and I think here's what it's all about, is the confidence in the country as being a successful country at the time was at an all-time high 
And that is why at the moment we're at an all-time low. Business confidence at an all-time low. And what saddens me is that your guest in the studio is focusing on the government. If our country was where Thank you very be, much, Mike. No, no, no. I just wanted you to sum it up. Sure. I appreciate that. We'll have a round two of this, I can guarantee you. KGM, 30 seconds, please. South Africa, RRA is there for you. www.rrasa.co.za. We're doing it in mining. the sentimental diamonds in the Northern Cape. The financial sector... I would say if you go into RRA, you'll see that we cover broadly all the interests of the economy of South Africa. And, and, and lastly, for, for us as RRA, for, for all people like Mike, the only way forward is for us to work together. And working together means you guys now listening to us. We're leading you and showing you the way. Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity. Gentlemen. All of you and lady, I appreciate this. This was incredibly insightful. It's time for our show.